Say what? Say what radio show? With no agenda. It's always a surprise. But if we're not having fun, we're doing something wrong. And welcome to the Say What Show, and welcome to July 1st, 2023. My name is Nancy Hopkins. With me is Dolly Howard, Walt Silva, and Mona Radler. So I'm going to say to Dolly, hello, Dolly. You want to say hi to the audience? Howdy, y'all. <laughs> okay, Walt. Hello, lovely audience. Welcome back to another Saturday of Say What? And Mona. Rabbit, rabbit, rabbit. <laughs> okay. Is, is that a frog? No, that's ribbit. Oh. <laughs> Wrong ribbit. You're supposed to say rabbit, rabbit, rabbit on the first, and it's supposed to bring you good luck and bugo bucks. Uh, you don't know all your all, all your mystical magic. Sorry, boss. Oh, I'll, I'll buy into it, though. Rabbit, rabbit, rabbit. <laughs> Yeah, I like that rabbit, rabbit, rabbit. <laughs> Come on, Walt, give us a rabbit, rabbit. Rabbit, rabbit, rabbit. There we go. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> That's the best one we had. Do you know what uh, philosophy of thought that is? Is it just something you picked up along the way? It has to do with astrology. Oh, okay. It's like uh, some kind of prayer, some kind of strange thing that I picked up along the way. So, why what not? What kind, kind of magic has rabbit? Uh, actually, if you do your totems in that, it's a pretty interesting uh, phenomenon. But well, it's a power. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It can call fear or call luck. It just depends on where your mindset's at. But I'm ready for luck. I remember in the, in the the Chinese have um, in their mythology, there's a, a not a rabbit. It's a hare that lives in the moon. Uh, it belongs to the the goddess of the moon. There you go. So that's been around for a while. So it's obviously connected to some kind of truth, since the moon is a ship, and who knows the what who came in it and Maybe with one of the entities that lived there looked like a hare. That's what humans identified it as. <laughs> Every, everything gets turned into a fantasy story, but it's all based on reality. So yeah. the moon has a man in the moon and and a female goddess. Did you yeah. say? Yes. Oh well. Wow. The, the servant of the of the. This is in Chinese mythology. The servant of this goddess is a hare, because that's the messenger. You know how you know it's gotta. There's like uh, Nancy says, there's no such thing as coincidence. In the Greco-Roman mythology, there was Mercury, who uh, also known as Hermes by the Greek, was the messenger of the gods. His job was to go back and forth between heaven and earth to carry messages and talk to humanity, whatever. And that was in the Greco-Roman mythologies. Now, here we're looking at the Chinese mythologies. They have the same thing. 
there are, there are these gods up in in this in the heavens and they, there's an entity that serves as a go between like messenger so coincidence i think not is there's just different representations by this, the of the same people by the by different groups on earth you know some are chinese some of these greco romans but yet they all coincide on the same thing you know entities living out there <laughs> Yeah, I bet somebody's done a comparison of all the different, what do you call it, you know, thoughts and stuff. And uh, I bet there's a lot of similarities. Well, uh, what do you call it? Take a look at uh, uh, Indian mythology, for example. In Indian mythology, you, you, know, you know that in India they have the deities, you know, the, the uh, Shiva, Vishnu, you know, Brahma. You have different deities. And yet... And yet, you know, the deities, they inhabit the sphere that belongs to them, which is heaven. And yet, the, there is a messenger. There is, a, again, a go-between. This go-between is known as Narada, N-A-R-A-D-A. So Narada was the go-between between humanity and the, uh, and the gods. Again, you know, the same thing. So every, every civilization that you visit, here's the same setup. Coincidence, uh, the, <laughs> the the uh, general wouldn't say that. Wouldn't say coincidence, <laughs> Captain. <laughs> well, I I got the message from my higher self, and my higher self, <laughs> at least a general. <laughs> uh, so interesting, um, Dolly's. <clears throat> you want to give an update on what you've been going through? Oh. We're home. I'm home. I'm home. On my earth home. <laughs> I'm excited. The dog and the cat are excited. Wait, wait, wait. Some people might know, not know why you're not home, weren't home. So you might want to give them a little heads oh. up. Oh, yeah. They weren't living my life with me. <laughs> um, Annette got a home loan, and we have been uh, updating the bath the main bathroom in our house and we redid all the floors so the tile layers were here all week and uh, we just received our new furniture for the living room today and uh, so because we wouldn't be able to walk on the floors when they were tiling them because uh, of the glue or whatever I don't know the story there and I were not able to fly around the house. We had to, we chose to rent a house uh, like vacationers do when they come down to Florida. They rent a house and stay there while they're here on vacation. Well, we rented a house for the week. So we got to come home uh, Thursday night. And uh, all of us were really, really, really happy. Sleep in our own bed with our own pillows. Their pillows were horrible. They were thick and hard, and it was like sleeping on a, a brick, a big brick, like a construction brick where they build the houses. <laughs> and so... 
that's why I'm so happy to be home and that the tile is done and we got our furniture this morning. But of course, Damien's still farting around in the bathroom. I think that, uh, I don't know if I'll ever be able to see the bathroom done, but I just keep praying about it. So uh, things are are really good at home now, except for the kids fighting with each other. <clears throat> um, and the animals are happy. They walk around the house smiling, <laughs> literally smiling. You can see them with their smiles on their faces. So that's nice. Uh, and I think that that's all that I have to share. Oh, Nancy posted the picture. Oh, yeah, we bought two uh, floor lights that are really out there. I can't even describe them to you. I'll have to, whenever we get them, I'll have to uh, send you pictures. We and the the pictures, our our pictures on the walls, are only on the wall that you can't see. We have to do redo the hooks, and we took the lion picture down because it didn't quite go with our our elephants and our and our teddy bear and panda bear and uh, the 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 dog with the big ears and the eyeglasses that are big. <laughs> <laughs> I love our pictures. So we have to go tomorrow. We don't have to. Don't have to do anything but die. So uh, tomorrow we chose to, that we're going to go to home goods. I always get it confused with Depot. Home goods and look and see if they have a replacement for the lion. He just doesn't, he just isn't the same type uh, artistry that the other pictures are. He's beautiful. So we're going to try to find a different place in the house to put him. But we're going to get a different lion that goes with the pictures we have in the house. Now, we're not going to just go and pick out a picture so we have one. We're going to wait until we get the right feel about it. And we're going to bring the right picture home. And we're going to, oh, Annette has a ceiling fan for to replace that one in the living room. Uh, it's black with all sorts of lights you can move around. Uh, the blades are black. Goes Is that one of the ghosts sitting there in the, in the in darker couch? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's... That's exhausted me, and Annette took that picture. <laughs> I had just gotten in the chair, and I sat back and just, <sighs> it's nice chairs. The Even the uh, couch on the two ends is their recliners, and um, and when you they go back, there's a, on the top, of the back it's like a headrest and you can adjust it to wherever you want it 
but it doesn't look, it's not a separate piece. It's just a headset built into the chair. And, of course, you the recliner part, you can put the feet up. And on the very end of that piece, there's a little uh, a round buffer type thing that, where you can put your feet, rest your ankles on it. Uh, like a pillow kind of thing that sticks up a little bit that gives you that extra support on your ankle. So I've been sitting there all day since they got it here in the morning. Matt and I have been watching TV together and just enjoying our new furniture. So this is the main living room? Yes. Okay. Yes. And because we got Russell's furniture out, uh, it, it was nice because his furniture was humongous, a huge furniture for giants. In order for Annette and I to sit on it, we had to literally crawl into it. And then in order f for us to get out, somebody has to help us get out. And he, and he had this in an apartment? It, no, in our house. No, I know he was in the house, but it was Russell's. Uh, oh, yeah. Yes, so, yes. Wow. Mm -hmm. so him, yeah, well, he's like 5'11", 5'10". Well, that's not too big. Huh? It's not too big. It's big enough. He, he liked his furniture. Unless you ladies are that small. <laughs> well... I'm five feet, and I think Annette is like five, one, or two. <laughs> yeah, you're kind of tiny, yeah. Hobbits. <laughs> <laughs> you just say that because you're a giant, too. <laughs> we have, I have a picture of Walt standing next to uh, Nemo, uh, Scott. Uh, no, 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 Mr. Spock. Mr. Spock. Yes, Mr. Spock. What's Leonard? Leonard Nimoy. And Leonard looks like a little child next to Walt. And Walt was, I think, a, a teenager at the time. I was 15 years old. Right. Oh, my and God. The guy looks so little. Now, what I find shocking is that I actually know exactly how tall Leonard Nimoy is because I was working in a, a, a playhouse and he was in a play and I met him. He's 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 not a small man, you know. He's not a huge man, but after I saw that, I'm going like, how big is Walt? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, wow. Did you stop growing at 15, or did you keep growing? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'd never checked myself. <laughs> I'll have to see if I can find that picture because it's just, it's it's classic. I'll look for it in a minute. Well, you realize uh, Leonard Nemo isn't... Leonard is not with us anymore. Right. He died? Yeah. Yes, yes. I didn't hear that. Yeah. I mean, how long ago was it, Mona? Like last year, maybe? or Maybe two. Yeah. I think it was before COVID, actually. I mm. think so, too. 
could Google it and find out. Somebody could. Bon voyage, you know? You didn't know that, huh? Uh -huh. No, I, I, I hadn't heard that. Huh. Now I know. A lot of people going. Right. There really is. They're saying they're dying now. I think they've been gone for a while. Some of them. Right. Depends on what timeline. Well, look at Ma right. Madonna. Yeah, she was ended up in the hospital for some bacteria thing, they said. But I saw a picture of her recent. Her face is a freaking mess. But she looks like hell. Yes. See, they get her lips so fat, it's botulism. That's a bacteria. Her whole body probably just can't handle any more of the demonic bullshit she's putting herself through. Yeah. yeah. I don't get it. I mean, I've known women who have taken fat out of their asses and stuck it in their lips. It's the grossest thing I could ever think about doing. Why do they want to live up to some societal standards that's a joke? How would you like to kiss those lips? <laughs> <laughs> ass lips, ass lips. Well, well ass the human lips. mouth is the dirtiest thing around, so I guess it's all right. I don't know. You really? Oh, it could be because, but we, our saliva is antibiotic. The dog's mouth is super clean. Probably. Yeah. Uh, my mother remembers um, uh, in the time when she was a young girl. There was a. I think that it was near the, the the farm where she she spent the time. There was a this young man who was a hired hand. And he had a, I don't know, I don't remember where, how the, the thing happened, Is but he had a, a wounded knee. I don't remember if it was burnt or if it was uh, trauma-based. But the thing is that he would lie in the sun uh, in the afternoon, and the, and the dog there that lived in the farm, he would come over and he would lick, lick the wound. And that's where he would do that for like almost an hour. He would keep licking the wound. And in like two, three days, the, the, the wound was closed up already. That's how fast it, it healed. And mm -hmm. he did, didn't go anywhere. He didn't go to any doctor or hospital or anything. He's just a hired hand in, in the country. And uh, that's, all the, the only, that's the only help that he received. I had, heard, I had heard that about dogs' mouths when I was growing up and everything. But then I read some scientific report that said, no, it's full of all sorts of crap. So I happen to think that probably the stories are more true than the science. But <laughs> I figured out what happened. I figured out what happened. You see, the dog licks the piss off of his penis, and then he licks the wound. So it's not the dog's mouth. It's the fact that the dog had got piss in his mouth that's doing it well but uh, for example <laughs> when dogs you, you you've heard how dogs they will bury the bones for example well they've already checked that many times over those bones do not uh, rot they don't ferment they don't go bad because they they get protected by the saliva so the even though the, the, he's buried on the ground, they don't the the those bones do not decompose. 
because of the saliva that the dog put one when he buried that bone. So that's that's not piss, that's his saliva. So we don't need refrigerators if we have dogs? <laughs> no, I guess we can, we can just let them bury the food. <laughs> dogs are amazing. <laughs> I mean, my dog's got a big tongue, but I'm just, I, all of a sudden I thought of Doc, Dolly, and I'm thinking, well, that little tongue, I don't know if it's got any saliva on it. Does he have a big tongue? I don't think so. He's a little he dog. Has, he has a long tongue. Does he? And it's wide. So when he yawns and he sticks that tongue out, he can curl it around. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, and he was going through a stage where he kept licking his pee-pee. It was driving us all crazy. He even knows now when I say doc, he stops licking it. But we took him to the vet. Um, when we were staying at, the, we had an appointment when we were staying at the rental house. And so we took him to the vet. And by then, he stopped licking it. <laughs> but he had uh, ear infections because he kept scratching at his ears. So we got that taken care of and uh, got his nails clipped. And so he, he, he has to have a muzzle put on because he wants to bite everything inside when they, anyone touches his feet. So uh, we were checking out. We had the eardrops to put in his ears. We we got the uh, monthly heartworm and tick and all that stuff pill. And uh, the the nice vet lady had sent out um, pills. Uh, she said to give Doc one of these pills an hour before he goes in. Because he got himself all wound up, and he'll get sick when he gets that wound up. So this pill is supposed to calm him down, and when we give it to him an hour before we take him to get his nails clipped again. The lady was saying to me, because she had gotten instructions from the nurse, or the technician, and then... The technician had gotten instructions from the doctor, so it's like telephone when you play telephone. So by the time the checkout lady was telling me, she said, you have to give him this pill. And she made it sound like when I get home, I said, no way in hell am I going to do that. I don't just give my dog drugs for the hell of it. She said, no, no, the doctor said you have to. I said, oh. I don't have to do anything, but I thing I always say when they say you have to. Um, and she looked at me and she said, well, but the doctor said, I said, I'm not giving Doc a pill when we get home. And, and then uh, the one who had told her the instructions says, oh, no, no, no. You give it to him before he comes the next time. I said, oh, oh, well, that makes sense. Because humans get a pill like that before they go to the dentist sometimes. So uh, So you have to give the dog quaaludes. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> if it's going to calm him down, I, I will do it. I it was Valium. Yeah, it was like Valium. I, I, I got it right here. Hold on. 
Let's see. It is. Good heaven. Oh, no, this is. No, this is my nitro pills. <laughs> <laughs> That's not Vax pill. I don't know where I put Vax pills. But uh, it's it's a calmer like a Valium. You know, the vet's actually prescribed Valium for my dog, uh, Simba, for inflammation. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well, I don't know if it worked on the dog. It worked on me. <laughs> oh, Nancy. <laughs> that was funny. Nancy will, will never give the dog something she hasn't tried first. That's right. <laughs> and I had to keep taking more of it just to make sure. <laughs> Yeah, one time while I had the when I had girl fix, they sent me home with some kind of I don't know some kind of drug, and uh, I said I'm not going to give this to the cat, you know, because I mean she she didn't act like she was any kind of pain. They said it was her pain. It was just to boost my bill, and uh, I thought about taking that, but they were so little. I figured this isn't going to affect me. So I have a bunch of cat pain pills. <laughs> Uh, uh, anyway, that was fun. Uh, so, Doc and Doc and uh, Doc and Furlock are happy home. You guys are happy campers. Oh, and, oh, and they bonded when we were there. They don't yeah. fight as much. They really bonded. Uh-huh. See, it's always a silver So, that, is that going to be your mm-hmm. threat when they misbehave? We're going to go to the other uh, house. If you don't behave, I'm taking you back to the other house. <laughs> so they'll, they'll no, I wouldn't do that to them. No. No, no, no it's just uh, to kind of scare them. No, no, no. So they, they don't fight anymore. <laughs> That's too traumatizing to them. I wouldn't do it. Mm-mm. Is this two dogs you're talking about? Nope. A one dog, dog and one cat. Doc is Dr. Watson is the dog. Furlock Holmes is the cat. Russell had Furlock uh, before we got Doc, so uh, we just named Dr. Watson to go along with Furlock Holmes. (laughs) They they were asking at the vet. Well, where's Sher- Sherlock? She called him Sherlock. Russell said, Furlock is home. <laughs> Furlock Holmes. <laughs> so, um, anybody got anything that they've got on their platter that they wanted to uh, take a talk about? I can't think of anything. I have one thing. Okay. My question to Walt is, where do you, can you put in chat wherever you get the Janine reports? I was thinking I wanted to go back and look at the one you told us about her talking about the different countries. Oh, um, um, I, 
somebody in, uh, I don't know, I guess because he's not Janine, he's able to get away with it. There's somebody, not Janine, who's actually posting them in Facebook, in, uh, in YouTube again. Oh. So just go to YouTube and uh, she's, because it, the, the problem is her. She's the one that was bounced, like you were bounced from, from YouTube. But this person, uh, I don't, I didn't pay attention to the name of the channel. He's the one who's posting uh, her uh, reports, and they were all uh, based on the you, based on the date. So you, so they're all actual because they're all up to date anyway. Huh. So he's the one uh, who's doing that. So I've seen other um, other posts like this. Is like somebody else. Is like a go-between who's who's posting the the report. So she's not reposting it herself. Somebody else is doing it for her. So I guess she well, this guy can get away with not being bounced. Not well, yet. <laughs> I guess the question, the question of being bounced reminds me of something that I just discovered in the podcast station, our our channel. It gives you different options, including Google. Uh, podcast and if you click on it it goes to a, a page that says this has not been uploaded or is not available or something and it happened to cosmic reality the station and also metaphysical martini the station and uh, yet uh, that uh, chrononaut chronicles that Derek is associated with it another channel on the podcast uh, station that one went through and you could see it so just for kicks i went to google um google podcast and found out that we are up all up to date all the shows are there but either that link is bad and i don't know why that link is bad for two two of the more uh let's say censored shows uh, sh censored stations mine was taken down off of youtube uh ani finally got so she wasn't using it because every time she'd post it would be taken down she didn't lose the station but um so i think there's a soft censoring of the station on google and so if you are a google participant then all you have to do is go directly to Google and just put in the search for cosmic reality or metaphysical, mar no, yeah, metaphysical martini. I think that's what it is. And, um, yeah, so there, yeah, I guess I'm on their uh, shoot to kill list. <laughs> but so that's you, you are, I have to look for you in Google itself. No, you have to go to Google videos. No, Google is completely, I, you can't, I mean, you can find us, but it's not like, if you put my name in, Nancy L. Hopkins, because there's some uh, scientist, uh, botanist, not botanist, uh, oh, I forget what she is, but she she's always the one that comes up. You'll find me on certain shows, but you won't find anything, you know, regarding me directly. Uh, my books, none of it. It's, you know, other search engines, yeah, but not Google. See, Google owns YouTube, so when they took me down off of YouTube, all of a sudden it's like I also disappeared from Google search. Not completely disappeared, but, you know, 
bullshit. I'm much more famous than this scientist. I know that. <laughs> Her papers are so damn boring. <laughs> professor. Nancy Hopkins professor. Yeah, yeah, that's true. There is a Professor Hopkins. There's a Nancy Hopkins obituary. Oh, gee, did I die? <laughs> there used to be a Nancy Hopkins that lived right here in North Miami. Nancy Hopkins but, documentary, picture a scientist, 2020 film. Uh, Nancy Hopkins MIT report, uh, Nancy Hopkins scientist, that, Google that's Scholar. That's Biography, yes. Facebook, and husband. Yeah. Not, it's none of that. None of that. None of that. Anyway, so um, those people that thought we weren't on Google, it's just a soft sensor, and we are. And um, I, I messaged Derek, but I he called me earlier, but I couldn't take the call. Um, so hopefully we can find out that it's just some snafu-y thing on the link there in the podcast, but. I'm suspicious. <laughs> I'm very suspicious, but that's just me. Um, okay, so did you say you had something there, Dolly? Yeah, I do. <clears throat> um, let me get there. I want to read something to y'all, and then afterwards I have a comment to make about it. So, remember we were talking about the sub and the victims. So this uh, mortician says, an underwater instant cremation. Mortician lays out why the bodies of sub-victims will never be found. And we talked about it, but I want to read you all this. And this was June 27, 2023. And I wanted to copy and paste the link. So, copy. So we all know I'm not lying to you. There is in the chat room, paste, and there you go. That's what I'm going to be reading. <clears throat> A mortician laid out on TikTok what likely happened to the doomed submersible passengers when it suffered a catastrophic implosion. She put that in quotation marks. The United States Coast Guard announced Thursday the five passengers inside the missing Titan submersible were lost, in quotation marks, in a catastrophe, catastrophic implosion, in quotation marks, just hours after authorities announced a debris field was found near the Titanic wreckage. The five passengers were identified as billionaire British explorer Hamish Harding, yada, yada, yada. Um, U.S. funeral director Lauren said on TikTok that recovery teams would not find any body parts in the ocean. They will not find any human body parts. When a submarine implodes, it crushes inwards like a soda can due to the intense pressures of the water, Lauren explained. And when I tell you their deaths were instant, I really mean it. I'm dead serious. <laughs> Lauren said the event happened so fast <clears throat> 
that their brains don't even have time to register what's happening or even sense the pain. The pressure is so great that the bodies will liquefy, like when you crush an egg with your bare hands. Lauren said, any body parts became fish food and will forever lie at the bottom of the ocean. I also do not think that they will find any clothing, shoes, phones, etc., she continued. When the submarine imploded, it also exploded. I know it's hard to picture, but there were lots of flammable things on board the submarine, like the battery and the oxygen tanks. And once that thing started to collapse in on itself, those things blow up. It's like an underwater instant cremation. And that is why I believe that they will find nothing. Lauren also touched on reports that there were banging sounds heard putting the blame on ghosts. You know how they said that they picked up noises of banging, like a distress signal that was being sent out. And they picked it up on their sonar. Well, I'm convinced that it was the ghosts down there and that they're mad we were in their space, the mortician hypothesized. I say this coming from a place of experience, because without a doubt, I would be in the morgue at 3 a.m. and the ghosts would be banging on things, metal tables, loud noises to get my attention. A Canadian surveillance plane detected underwater sounds described by some as banging noises, both Tuesday and Wednesday. Renewing hope the submersible would be found, NPR reported. And that that's her report. But you know the truth. And then yes, and uh, yesterday on the news, one of the, it was Fox because I only watch Fox, but somebody was saying uh, that they found bodies inside the submarine. <clears throat> After all this explanation from a mortician, they're claiming that they found bodies in the submarine. It goes right back to who the hell can you believe these days? Right. <laughs> well, well if, what, it like, if it was like what Dave said, that they took them off there, that's a dangerous thing to have and because they can check the DNA. I mean, I don't think that there's any body parts because I was the one that told no. you. He's very familiar with what happens in those explosions. So, you know, I, I think that's preposterous. But I, I do right. too. Especially yeah. when Dave said they were taken off uh, and taken into protective custody. No, I don't believe that they'll find them. They're gone in some other place. I don't know if it's here on Earth. I don't know where it is. Well, Janine agrees with you. She cast the, the tarot, and is, her interpretation of the of the cards is uh, that they were taken out of there. They were they're not dead. So, Janine said that. Yeah. 
all, all the only the only variation I detected in her interpretation and Dolly say, and saying from Dave is that she's saying that it's a black hat up. They they got they uh, evacuated them and it was a black hat, black hat. But Dave said nothing like that. He never said it was a black hat rescuing. It's just, he said that these guys wanted to get the heck out because they knew they were going to be eliminated because they knew too much. So they found a, a, a way out of the of it by this theater of pretending to be dead. And Dave says that, that uh, Dolly asks about the families and Dave says, no, the families are not supposed to know that they've survived. Remember, because you ask about the son, the captain, and the 19-year-old son. Well, he's supposed to. They're supposed to live with the truth that you know the 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 father and the son have survived, but the the family is not supposed to know. Well, it supposedly was some kind of an underseas vehicle that took the entire sub inside. Quarter day, took the took the sub inside the vehicle, got the passengers out, sent the sub back, and let it implode. Mm-hmm. So, who knows? I mean, Dolly's the one that told us that. How do we know? Say again, Mona. It's gotten a lot of attention. Yes, yes, it has. I mean, really. Yes. What does it have to do with any of us? Well, it was a compelling story. I mean, you know, yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't much watch it, but you know, some people were all into it. It's kind of poetic in a way because the Titanic was destroyed on purpose by the cabal because oh. there were there were executives that were against the Federal Reserve being created. Correct. So they orchestrated the destruction of the Titanic. They didn't care about it because to them, to them, it, it's all the offerings to their dark lords, whatever they are. Right. Uh, but they did it. They just they killed all those people just because they wanted to eliminate a handful of executives, people that were going to uh, uh, torpedo the uh, the creation of the Federal Reserve. So interesting is that. Dark hats, because these are these are obviously dark hats. These people, these super billionaires that went down down there, they went out there and and they had to be rescued because they they were part of that. They were members of the cabal. So they are back to where they started. You know, isn't it kind of poetic? You know, the cabal destroyed the the Titanic, and here you have members of the cabal using it as an excuse to get the heck out because they're going to be tr eliminated if they if they stick around no matter how wealthy they are well they what? wasn't even the right name of the ship that sunk is it well they they say I, I don't understand that that business of changing the name of you know what's to be gained by doing that i don't understand that and i plus i also read the book written by uh Bill Barnes, who's the reincarnation of um, Thomas Andrews, the engineer who built the Titanic, he never mentioned anything about uh, switching ships and changing names. I met the man in person. 
who was this guy? He was the engineer on the Titanic. Thomas Andrew was the engineer who designed and built the Titanic. And he was physically there in the main voyage. He he reincarnated and his name is Bill Barnes. He was there when the Titanic went out. He he wrote a book about it and... uh, he re- he remembers the 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 physical sensations of going underwater, the freezing water, the weight of all the metal. Uh, when he was, I think, three or four years old, he the first thing he drew as a little boy is he drew, he drew this ship. And the interesting thing is that compared to other ships that any boy that would be drawing. This ship had four chimneys, and he kept saying, and uh, as and he used to say to his parents, that he had to go meet his uncle because he is building that ship, and he and his uncle is is uh, he, his uncle was the one who foot, who did uh, what do you call it? He did the financials on the ship, so he financed a lot of the building of the ship. So he remembered all that. So he grew up with that memory of uh, Thomas Andrews. Well, that that sounds familiar. You know, if you if you uh, just reincarnation and and children's experiences, there's just thousands and thousands of reports of kids. You know, well, like me probably because I was fascinated with war, and I was I was I had would have nightmares of uh, cowboys. You know, so when we come first get here, I think probably we have a lot of connections to, you know, past incarnations until we develop our own memory basis and our own aha moments. That's interesting, Walt. Yeah. And the so, irony is, is kind of in your face, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> huh. Back to where this started. <laughs> well, um, I don't even remember if it was this this show or Cosmic Reality, but I want to just kind of because on five G Radio Five G on Wednesday, I've already done the the first hour, the tape of it, and this whole thing in the Ukraine gets weirder and weirder because. The Wagner Group, this group of military people that were like a set up by somebody that was Putin's caterer, and they're outfitted with old, out-of-date tanks. And the tank, which is a good thing, because <clears throat> when when I was in the military, one I think the major thing that I changed in the military's perception of Russia was that they would always tout, the U.S. military would always tout that um, America had more sophisticated tanks and they could, you know, do all this stuff. But the Russians had, you know, simple tanks. As a matter of fact, the the only thing you had to be concerned with in tank and an operator with a tank is that they were short because the tanks were small tanks essentially compared to the Abrams or some of the stuff we have and 
other than that, anybody could get into a tank and drive it and fire it. It was that simple. No big, you know, electronics and all this. Well, the Russians continued with a lot of what we were, America was saying, outdated, you know, that they're nothing compared to us. And I was able to prove to them that, no, the Russians are smarter than us because the electronics on these tanks can be put out with an EMP, an electronic, an electromagnetic pulse from a nuclear weapon. So you put a tactical nuke out there and you've blown all the electronics in the American army, boom, gone. They have no radar, they can't see, they can't fire their equipment because it's all designed to work on electronics. And meanwhile, the Soviets are running around in these little tanks blowing the shit out of us. <laughs> and, you know, it was like, when, when, what happened, it's kind of an interesting story. What happened was that my boss came to me, he was at that time a light colonel. And he said to me, I want you to write a super briefing. And I said, what the hell is a super briefing? And he said, one that will get me to be a, a full colonel, a bird colonel, he said. And I, yeah, you know, okay. So I do this analysis of the Soviet military, proving that without a doubt, we could not, we would not survive on the battlefield, but they would. And so he, he asked me to give this speech to him. And then uh, he went through, it was like six or seven versions of it. And finally, I got so pissed off because he would say, no, I want this change or that change or blah, 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 that I went back to the original one that I had given him the first time around. And he went, that's it. That's perfect. <laughs> but anyway, I had to go before the, um, well, in, in the Army, you had the Army Security Agency, which was like a smaller version of NSA. All the military had, the Air Force, the Navy. And that was who I worked for, was that group of people. From the standpoint of the actual military, they were called the super spooks because, well, actually nobody liked us <laughs> because we were listening to Vietnam communications and knowing where the Vietnam were going to be, but we couldn't tell the troops on the ground because, well, I'm not going to say we anymore, they, they were doing this. They couldn't tell the troops on the ground because then the Viet Cong would know that we're listening to their radios. So what's what what's the point here? And um, it's just part of the nut, nuttiest stuff that goes on just in society now. But in the military, it was just like stupid. I Isn't that the same thing that happened in in World War Two? Where the where the, where they where they had the cipher machine that they, they couldn't re they couldn't reveal that they knew the movements of the uh, uh, of the Germans, so they uh, had to keep a secret. That was the Enigma Enigma machine. Uh -huh. Yes, they they had to do it there too, uh, but they were able to camouflage their information. Like for instance, they would hear a sub. And they would know exactly where that sub was. And so they would just have some kind of random flight that is over this sub thing. You know, oh, look at that sub down there. You know, so they were they were able to use the information in a smarter way without, you know, giving away where they got it from. 
But in Vietnam, it was like, I, 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 when I found that this was happening, and I didn't know it at the time, uh, I mean, I didn't know, well, I guess, yeah, the, not, the war was still going on. Um, and the reason I knew it was because I went to uh, Fort Hood, and one of the friends of mine, when we were in the intelligence school at Fort Huachuca, he took one look at my insignia and he said, I'm out of here. And I said, well, what's the matter? And he said, you're one of them. And I said, what are you talking about? And he's the one that told me. Uh, and uh, so I said to him, look it, I'm sorry about that. I really am. And I will fix it. I said, I've got enough pull in the organization that I will fix it. I promise you that. And I did. But to do it, I had to circumvent all sorts of classifications and stuff. And oh, my God. Um, but they never caught me. And I got the information out. And before I left, I had transformed the way the Army looked at the battlefield. It was no longer just a battlefield. It was an electronic battlefield. And I, 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 know, I know it was me. Because when I got to uh, Fort Huachuca, when I, after I got out of active duty, I went into the reserves. And we were, every summer you had to do a two-week stint active duty type of thing. And you could go to school. So I was back at Huachuca and I was in a school. And they pull out this book about, about the electronic uh, warfare. And I'm looking at this thing and I'm looking at this thing. And I said, uh, can I make a call, please? And so I called my old headquarters and I said, what's this FM such and such? Where'd it come from? And they said, oh, they came in and took all your files and they wrote it. So I had essentially written the textbook. And I went back and told the uh, the professors there, or the teachers there, I said, you guys, um, I'm wasting your time being your student, but I can help you because I wrote that damn book. <laughs> you know? And they were like, oh, thank God, because we don't know what it says. I said, well, I do. So from then on, I was you know, really teaching the class through them, telling, you know, so that, uh, so anyway, I don't know how I got off on that track, but, so, oh, explaining that, yeah, it was, I changed the way that they looked at the battlefield. So when you hear that the, this Ukrainian group were using these old tanks, it's the best thing that they could have done because they didn't have any electronic stuff on it. And yet they're extremely accurate. All you had to have a vi is a visual on the enemy, you know, adjust the dialing and boom, they're gone. So uh, all this stuff about the modern battlefield is just so much crap. But actually the general, one general got fired because of what I had said. I thought that was funny. Well, he didn't get fired, but he, call he got called back to Washington to testify before the Congress because I was saying that the uh, on the modern battlefield the american troops aren't going to last more than 20 minutes <laughs> and proving it and that just that caused them to to freak out they couldn't believe some second lieutenant was telling them this you know well, i think it was a first lieutenant then but you know they got all pissed off and so they spent a million dollars it was a million dollar contract to essentially make sure i was telling the truth and I was working with the think tanks because the think tanks don't know. So they came to me and they said, 
why why do they want to check your information what is it you know and i said well here it is and so they did all sorts of computer stuff computers in those days weren't nobody talked about them but you know and and came back and told the command that yes this is absolutely true 20 minutes survivability on a modern battlefield for the united states army Ooh, nice place to be so some general general of the air defense actually had to go back and testify before Congress. God only knows what he lied about. Because, <laughs> you know, nobody wants people to know this stuff. So um, anyway, this U Ukrainian group of troops that went to Moscow and then turned around. It's a, it's a very interesting military ploy here because... They essentially, Belarus said, the president of Belarus goes to Putin and everybody and says, oh, you guys don't want to fight amongst yourselves. Why don't you just send them over to us and, um, you know, stop this uh, insurrection or whatever they were calling it. So this troop of 20,000 men and a couple hundred tanks, they go over to Belarus. Well, the Ukrainians now are sitting with the most nastiest most ferocious russian military unit on their northern flank <laughs> you know and putin's over there saying whoa we're gonna do nothing you seven minute speech he gave he normally gives two hour speeches they're bad people and uh you know god bless russia type of thing it was just kind of a strange speech and um, so the Ukrainian battlefield is, is adjusted significantly. And I don't know what this means at all. But I do know that in the midst of all this, see, I kind of thought, is this Wagner group one of the cabals groups? Because it was, it just didn't make any sense what it was doing. It takes off towards Moscow. It's right outside of Moscow and it turns around. Because they're going to go to Belarus now. I mean, it's like, what, what the heck is all this about? But, um, yeah, on the, on the military stage in the world, there are a lot of really strange things happening. And I, I just don't even know what to make of it, except it's a very strange battlefield. So I just want to, we were talking, on Radio 5G, they were talking about this subject, and I thought, eh, it's it's a nothing thing except now you've got this huge military strike force right right not very very close to uh, Kiev. So so whatever happened to them? Did, did they attack Russia or not? Well, they they did it. They did knock down a couple of helicopters, a jet plane, and did some damage. Um, but like I say, they got right outside of Moscow, and there was no. The Russian army wasn't there to, to fight. They're on the battlefield in the Ukraine. So it was like, it was easy. They could have gone all the way to the, well, supposedly there, there's this one story that they wanted to get the head of the military, the Russian military. And so they were going to go to the his headquarters and take them all hostage. But the guy wasn't even there. Oh, he's not there. Well, I guess we'll turn around. <laughs> that was one of the stories. Um so no, they they got all out to the outskirts of Moscow, and then they turned around, and then they went to Bel Belarus. So that's where they're sitting right now. But in the midst of this, America 
Oh, we made a calc. We made a mistake. We were supposed to send another two point five billion dollars to the Ukraine. Oh, don't worry about. Just cut the check. Get it there. You know wh- what the heck was that about? <laughs> oh, this gotta Ukrainian pay, thing. Is, gotta pay huh? the prostitutes and the other military things that they got going on. Yeah, it's oh, a waste oh. of money, in my opinion. Oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. Well, uh, remember that the the deep state is having their bank accounts taken away from them. And they're needing money. So they'll take any excuse to get money in their pockets. I, thought that I don't know if it's going to where they say it's going. What? What they're doing, the carbon tax and all that, that's what I thought that was all about. I mean, it's probably many fires in their many pans. Anyway, um, we're at the top of the hour here, and um, I have, uh, I'm going to, it's so strange what's happened. (laughs) Um, Anyway, I've got a player problem, but I think I I can deal with it. So we're going to do Somewhere Over the Rainbow, because I just like that energy, and Dolly does too. So here well, we go. There's a, can, can I just m- mention something? Sure. Uh, not now, obviously, because we're on top of the break. But that very same singer has a song with a, with a companion, a female singer, and they're both talking about a, a, a love story between two volcanoes. It's, it's called I Love I Lava You. Instead of love... Lava. It is such a beautiful song. It's so sweet and so tender. It's beautiful. I, you would like it more even than this song. We'll get the <laughs> link and put it into the chat. Okay. All right. We'll be All right back. An aura geode, a black moonstone, citrine, cosmic silver nugget, bracelets, shungite bowls, and much more at the Mystical Wares live auction. Have fun bidding for special items at your price. Mysticalwares.com slash live dash auctions. Let's take a moment to thank the people who make intergalactic distribution of this show possible. Mystical Wares in Mount Vernon, Washington. Yes, folks, Mystical Wares is where the Jedi Knights shop when they have their annual field trip to planet Earth. After annihilating battalions of stormtroopers and blowing up the Death Star, they deserve an all-out shopping spree, and their supplier of choice is Mystical Wares in Mount Vernon, Washington, an oasis of light in an otherwise dark universe. I spoke to Master Yoda the other day and asked him where he buys his shungite. He replied, Tell you I will, and not belabor. Mystical Wares. I also pick up spare parts for my lightsaber. So there you have it, folks. If it's good enough for Master Yoda and the Jedi Elite, it's certainly good enough for the rest of us. Mystical Wares in Mount Vernon, Washington. Online or on location, you'll be sure to give them a standing ovation. I am Ani, mad as the day is long, Avidician. This was Metaphysical Martini, a production of Cosmic Reality Radio, to whom we are most grateful. Until we meet again, my darlings, get involved in local politics, learn to identify the dirty tricks within the matrix, and above all, let the spirit 
inhabit the human. Scalar energy is demonstrating how good health depends upon balanced and stable human and animal energy fields. Test it out for yourself with a free weekly 12-hour remote session at mysticalwares.com slash scalar-healing. This is an ongoing program allowing you to pick and choose the scalar energy treatment you want. Thus, you must register weekly for the session presented every Friday. Experience the future of medicine now for the free sessions or sign up for one designed specifically for you. Go to mysticalwares.com slash scalar-healing. And remember, you must sign up weekly and receive the confirmation email or text confirming the session. Experience the future of medicine now. And welcome back to the second hour of Say What for July 1st, 2023. My name is Nancy Hopkins. With me is Dolly Howard, Walt Silva, and Mona Radler. Are you guys back? I'm back. I'm back. I have two things I want to say. Go ahead. Okay. Um, up here, somebody said something, and I'm sure they want me to share it. Divine character was responding when we were talking to the sub and says the level of attention was put on the sub-story by those that control the media to cover up all the really significant news. In other words, it's not your idea to put interest on the sub-story. It's put there for you. I completely agree with that. So, and uh, another other thing I wanted to say is, did you all see that uh, the supposed Millie guy who's in the service, well, I don't know if he's a general or what the hell he is, um, is turning into a trans? Oh, that, oh, that guy, yeah. <laughs> did you see that? Oh, that is so funny. No, but it's, it's beyond trans. Not only is he turning into a trans, is he's naming himself an admiral, and he's oh. never been an, an admiral anything. He he like he's giving himself all these medals, all these awards. No 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 no, you got the wrong guy, Walt. Oh. She's saying General Milley. Yeah. And he's Milley. the head of he's the head of the army. You're talking about Levine. That's yeah. Assistant Levine. Secretary of Health. Okay, you guys want to hear the story because Tucker did a whole thing on it. Yes, please. Okay. Okay. Let me let me just give me a second here, and let me pull this up. <laughs> uh, well, it gets even better because Levine. Well, I'll let Tucker tell you. All right. Okay. While you're looking at that, let me say one thing about the submarine thing. Okay. Were they trying to take the our eyes off of the Hunter Biden thing? Yes. Yes, it seems to be. That's that's what they're pointing at. Because a whistleblower came out and said that Joe was sitting next to him. It's an email or not. Uh, it's a WhatsApp app, you know, messaging. And he was directing it towards somebody in China that was supposedly in a business relationship. And they and, and the, it says from from Hunter, you know, where's the money? My father's sitting next to me. We want to know where the money is. And that's what they think, in part, there's a lot of other things 
Don't you hate it when that happens? Yeah. <clears throat> okay, this is Tucker's take on Admiral Rachel Levine. Hey, it's Tucker Carlson. Belmont Hill is a small private school outside of Boston. It's not famous for its athletics. The school's mascot isn't even an animal. It's an 18th century navigational tool. The Belmont Hill sextants doesn't even make sense. So when it comes to sports, Belmont Hill is not trying very hard. But the school's athletic program can claim at least one important footnote to history. In 1975, its football roster contained two names that you will recognize even now, Mark Milley and Richard Levine. Milley is now the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Levine, of course, is our country's most famous admiral. Both transitioned late in life into overweight middle-aged women. Both wound up working <laughs> as high-level officials in the Joe Biden administration. Their teammates at the all-boys school in Boston probably wouldn't have predicted any of that. Here's what Rick Levine looks like now from a video he just posted on Instagram. Hello, my name is Admiral Rachel Levine, and I have the honor of being the Assistant Secretary for Health at the United States Department of Health and Human Services. Happy Pride. Happy Pride Month. And actually, let's declare it a summer of pride. Happy summer of pride. Happy summer of pride. Rick Levine is so darn proud, he'd like to tell you about it all summer and possibly into the fall. He's got a lot to be proud of. What specifically, you ask? Well, strangely, he doesn't say, nor does he mention his former wife or children. He doesn't tell us whether they're proud, too. Since none of them have been invited onto the Today Show to talk about their feelings, we're going to have to guess. For now, we're going to assume that his former family is proud. And why wouldn't they be? Few Americans in our history has come as far as Rick Levine. Here's a fat guy in a Halloween costume who somehow became a federal health minister. Not a small thing. You try that. Not too long ago, this same man was a married pediatrician with kids lecturing about eating disorders at Penn State. Now he's emerged as a path-breaking lady admiral with medals on his chest. And he did all of that without winning a single naval battle or even being female. It's pretty inspiring. What we have here is living proof that in this country, you really can be whatever you want to be. If Rick Levine can become Admiral Rachel, why can't you be Napoleon or Lord Mountbatten, the last viceroy of India? Ever see that guy's uniform? Or why not Shaka, the legendary Zulu war chief? You could bring your assegai and leopard hide shield to work at Deloitte and no one would be allowed to say a word about it. The HR department would have your back. Unfortunately, you can't actually do any of that. The point of Rick Levine's amazing transformation is not to free you from the inflexible husk that you were born in so that you can be more fully yourself, whatever you decide that is. No, that's not the point. Rick Levine's personal journey has nothing to do with you. It's about him. It's his journey. Your fantasies about becoming something totally new and different have not been approved yet. In fact, they're weird. Shaka, the Zulu war king? Come on, that's racist. Shut up and be proud of Admiral Rachel. I, Rachel L. Levine. She's the one who has smashed glass ceilings. You just got some kind of weird fetish. So actually, now that we're saying this out loud, it's pretty clear that Rick Levine has no interest in liberating you from anything. This is not about liberation. It's just the opposite. It's just another religious war, same as all the others. The people who think they're God versus everybody else. In primitive civilizations, which would include every civilization since the beginning of time until ours, people assumed there were rules, rules that no human being made, but that people could ignore only at their peril, at great risk. 
Some call these rules nature or natural law or even as societies advanced, theology. But most of the time, people didn't call them anything. They didn't have to. There wasn't a debate about whether the rules were real. People assumed there were consequences to pretending that you were God. They thought Sodom and Gomorrah were real places. They were destroyed for disobedience. They imagined the same thing could happen to them. Not anymore. Rick Levine doesn't worry about being punished by forces he can't see. He knows he's in charge. He makes the rules. He sets the limits. Reality is what he says it is. That's his view, and he shares it with virtually everybody else in a position of authority in the United States. That's a pretty bold bet, really. For seven million years, human beings have believed one thing, presumably based on some evidence. Around 2015, they became convinced of something completely different. Are they right? It feels like we're going to find out soon. So, quick and simple, but Millie was a, 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 in the same school as Levine, and now you're telling me you've seen a report where Millie is going through transition? What's this all about? What are you? I don't know. It's craziness in my mind. Well, where did you see this report? Walter? I saw pictures of him no, with no, pink not hair. Him, not him. I've heard of the other one, the Levine guy. Oh, okay. So you know <clears throat> Millie. So Dolly, you saw something that said, you sure it wasn't a joke? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Uh-uh. It was, where was it? It was on uh, where uh, uh, Tucker is. Let me go there. Twitter? Uh, Twitter, yes. I keep calling it Tweeter, but I wanted to get the right name out. Hold on. I'm going there right now. Well, if it's on Twitter, it must be true. (laughs) (laughs) It's on Tucker, even. (laughs) It's on Tucker? Yeah, it's on his site. I probably won't be able to find it now. Uh, Might be a Babylon B thing. They're a satire thing. I got when they first started coming out. I got caught a number of times uh, thinking they were real. How I'm do you telling spell, you, it's on Tucker. Ooh, how do you spell his last name, Millie? How do you spell it? M I L E R. Sorry, your voice cut off. What is it? M I L L E R. It's no, no, Millie. Millie. Oh, yeah. M I L L Y. Now I can't find it, of course, because a gazillion other people have chatted. Oh, come on. It just seems redundant. I'm scrolling. Why can somebody who looks fat? An ugly be a health minister. <laughs> I mean, because all- it's a deep state thing, Mona. <laughs> do they ever make sense other than whatever they do to cover their ass? No, probably not. <laughs> well, Buttigieg Buddha got into his hotel room at 2.30 in the morning because one of the planes he was going to catch was canceled or delayed or something that this is the head of transportation and that's what he he was concerned with that he had been you know 
displaced because of the oh. problems of the aircraft. Just poor oh. baby. Oh God. Now he's a part of the Biden administration. Yes. So now, how can you tell that they're fake or not? Because a lot of this seems real fake. The whole thing's, you know, we hope the whole thing is fake because if there's really these people this insane, oh my God, we're in trouble. (laughs) Yeah. Nancy, I'm not finding it because a gazillion people have been talking on Tucker. Yeah, I went down and I, I couldn't find it quickly either, so. Yeah. I wish I could because they show him trying to dress up as a woman with his hair. Tucker? No, uh, Millie. Millie. I hope Walt finds it. I'm searching, but uh, I I can get articles him making comments about transgender individuals, but not him. They don't have a search area. Yeah, but uh, that's uh, that's what I'm I'm finding. He's comments of people that go trans, but not him. Like for example, this uh, article from 2019. He's got no problem with transgender groups troops. If they meet uh, standards or uh, have been not compromised by transgender individuals serving in the military, so but it's not saying anything about him becoming a transgender. I think somebody was pranking you there, Dolly. Although well, it could be, be I fall, could be fall crap all the time. It could be true. That's the thing is that. Even if you think you're being pranked, you're not sure because it could be true, no matter what they said, what it is, because it all seems to be happening. AI's getting its big hands and all that kind of stuff too. I like the part that you can actually buy any any medals if you want to have. <laughs> you can have any awards you want. Just buy them and, and stick them on your lapel. <laughs> How do you get away with that, with a straight face? Well, they can be arrested for that. Yeah, and I don't really under... I've never heard of him being in the military. He just turned up as an admiral. I I don't know what that's about. Well, if I run across it again, I will definitely document it. (laughs) Maybe that's part of the joke, is that... uh, I can be whatever I want. I can be a, a female. I can be a, a an admiral. And I'm not really. You're you're not really a woman. You're not really a, an admiral. So that maybe that's part of the joke. Aren't you guys keep saying that this whole thing is just some twisted movie? Yep. Looks to it looks it looks more and more like it. Well, I, I got to say that the Supreme Court this week really sort of stood up. Some, something's happening because uh, some of the decisions they were making just didn't, they, they felt like they were coerced that, the, that you know, I mean, like the Bugler one, the, the five trumpeters, you know, that case, that, that could have solved so many problems, but it was dismissed. So... There were continually every time they were making a decision, I was like, "Oh God, you know, we're really in trouble here." But this week they did 
they they made three three decisions that are just like oh thank god the first one is they got rid of this um concept that all right if you were uh, an asian student and you had the same scores as a black student that black student had a 42 percent probability of being accepted to harvard whereas the asian only had a 17 percent 17. so this man uh this young student uh is uh, john john young i think his name is he got with a, an organization that was trying to get rid of this affirmative action bs of putting uh, your color of your skin as being the most important attribute to get you into college high college you know you know the harvard and those places so the, the the whole the whole situation with that particular case hinged on the fact that they could prove that the Asians were being stepped on. And there was racism, but it was against the Asians. So they came out in a six to three decision. And the three justices, females, Democrats, that voted against allowing you know the end of affirmative action they their their reasoning is you know just it's not it's not legal it it, i mean it's not within the legal when they were they all got up and read apparently which is very unusual their own positions on the on the case and not every one of the justices did but these these three i believe did at least two of them did and when you listen to them it's like that doesn't sound like it's within the legal concept it's like you're talking about you know theocracy or something you know spirituality there is no spirituality in what you're saying it doesn't even make sense it's irrational so justice uh thomas who's a black man he got up and he read his. He was he voted, you know, get get rid of this thing. Now this thing had been around for forty years because when Martin Luther King led the rebellion against the racism and stuff, there were changes that were put into the constitution. Well, I don't think it was a constitutional law. I think it was. Uh, I know it wasn't. It was uh, a congressional law that said that you're going to make black people. You had to have the white people at the time when it all started happening. I remember there was a terrible uproar with the white people because they were being, you know, there was anti-racism against them, and they they were getting hurt by this. And not not only did it happen in the education departments, but in the businesses. All of a sudden, you had to have, you know, a black man on your board, um, and it wasn't Latino or it was, you know, I mean, basically it was the black question. And um, one of the justices, uh, Ruth Ginsburg, she said, this is probably unconstitutional, but we need something like this right now. But within 25 years, we've got to get rid of it. And it's 25 years since she said that in a, in a case. So when you have a situation where <clears throat> essentially racism is 
what you were talking about, but the things you put into action are racist against another group. And that was where Roberts came out on, you know. But Thomas was so funny because what he did in his explanation of how he saw the law, he actually quoted Nancy Pelosi because in 19, <clears throat> excuse me, 2021, she got out there and she said, Oh no! This was this was uh, this wasn't that because there was two others. This one is the um, the concept of the giving the money to the kids. All right, the school kids that took out loans that they shouldn't have because they're never going to make that much money to pay them back. But you know, bullshit stuff. So he's going to build. He's going to pay off all those loans for a half a trillion dollars, and most of those people were graduate students' loans. The percentage was in graduate students. So the guy that went to a community college because he wasn't fool enough to take out a loan like that, he's now paying for other people. So the, you know, the secretary who went to school in a hospital is now paying for doctors to their their schooling. It not, None of it makes any sense to anybody. But that was what they were trying. They had actually said they were going to do it. And this is a Supreme Court case. And they said, no, you're not. This is unconstitutional. That's when Thomas read what Pelosi had said. In, in 21, she got up in front of the Congress and said, Biden doesn't have the authority to do this. This is a, this is a congressional authority. So he actually quoted Nancy Pelosi in destroying the, you know, that concept that, that uh, Biden had. So that was the other one. And then what was the third one? Oh, it was this woman, um, a Christian, who was approached. She was a web designer, and she was approached by a lesbian couple that wanted to have some kind of a website built for their wedding. And she said, "I'm sorry, I can't do that, and because um, it goes against my Christian belief." And so they, she went to, she went to the. I don't know, it's the legal part of the uh, state of uh, Colorado, I think it was. And she said, look, I know I'm breaking Colorado law regarding, I think I'm breaking Colorado law regarding my refusal to, you know, do this. But I don't think that law is constitutional. And so she never sued for it, but because she was asking the right questions, it was put into a legal process that got before the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court found for her because it's a First Amendment right. You know, it, she it's her creation. But the weirdest thing was in the lower court in Colorado, I believe, they said, um, because, now get, try to get this rational thing. This is, I mean, this is why it's all like, who's going to believe anybody? They're all insane. Here's the rationale of a, of a judicial court that, because she was uniquely qualified to do a website that she had made, and that website could only have been made by her, she's a monopoly. <laughs> right? I mean, it was like, what? What is this, you know? But anyway, that case they also found for the uh, web designer. So they protected the First Amendment with that case and also the freedom of religion you know it was kind of like a dual thing they got rid of the discrimination the racism against asians and whites for this bogus uh check the box if you're black and we'll let you in 
And then, you know, the the third one, they also said, no, we're not going to we're not going to pursue this anymore. So it's been a very interesting week, but that was the stuff that was on top of that. They got the Hunter thing happening where Papa Joe is sitting next to him. And, you know, OK, that would have been a simple one to eradicate. OK, this is this is where everybody who's been looking at this goes. This is the smoking gun because all they had to do to prove that Hunter, according to Joe, well, you know, we might have been on some, he didn't say this, but this is what they alluded to and all the media was saying it. Well, he might have been on some drug delusionary binge and just said that his father was there, but his father wasn't there and knew nothing about it. And that's kind of the way that Joe's, you know, summed it up. And he just laughed. He said, no, I wasn't there. Well, all they had to do was pull their telephone numbers and see the GPS and see if they were sitting in the same house. That's all they had to do. And if he wasn't there, if he was someplace else, he would shut that down right away. But instead, the judicial department refused to release that information to the Congress. So, of course, it's all sorts of man. Now, who's rattling paper in the background? It's, uh, oh, I'm sorry, it was me. I thought I was muted. I apologize. Okay. Um... So, you know, there was a lot of things happening when they had that sub-situation. So, yeah, it was a distraction, and you're absolutely correct, whoever pointed it out, that, you know, you didn't have a decision about what you were going to watch. That's what was on. You know, I mean, I finally just muted the thing. (laughs) It was divine character. What? It was divine character who pointed that out. Talking about the sub being a diversion. Who's divine character? Oh, you mean in chat? Yeah. Oh, okay. I yeah. thought this was some new god you had created. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> what? We can't have God in the chat either? <laughs> uh, oh, God. Uh, god is everywhere. Mm-hmm. So all around us. Oh, my heavenly day. So, uh, okay, so we're at 7.30. This show is going fast. This always is my fastest show for some reason. Um, Anybody got anything that they wanted to bring up? Oh, boy, you guys are so lame. (laughs) What else did Janine say? Anything? Uh, um, Let me see. I'm trying to remember. Okay, no, well then no, if, no, if I'm you, trying to no. Okay. All right. If you don't have anything, I've got another Tucker. And this one is uh War for Democracy Enables Dictatorship. Some of our listeners probably won't like it, but hey, listen, these guys, you know, kinda of lame. They can give me anything this week. No list from Dolly. One little point. But she had a great story. So here we go. Tucker. Hey, it's Tucker Carlson. You may have found yourself wondering recently, as the world slides closer to nuclear annihilation than any time in human history, why exactly are we at war with Russia? 
It seems like there's a pretty significant downside to this particular foreign policy decision, starting with economic collapse and ending potentially with extinction. So is there a good reason we're doing it? So many innocent young people have been killed. So many hundreds of billions of dollars have been wasted, some of them from the U.S. Treasury. So what's the point? Are we really doing this so the Biden family can repay its debts to the oligarchs who finance their beach house in Rehoboth? Are we doing it so our government can continue to lie about its illicit bio labs in Eastern Europe so that flabby losers like Toria Newland and Tony Blinken can feel like they're doing something important with their sad, empty lives? Really? Honestly, there's got to be a better reason for waging this the most pointless war of all. What is it? Well, thankfully, we have an answer. The war against Russia, ladies and gentlemen, the war against Putin and for Ukraine is, in fact, a war for democracy. Watch and recall the motive. The president has said many times we're focused on what we can do to support Ukraine's effort uh, to fight for their democracy. Democracy must prevail. The Ukrainian people are fighting the fight for their democracy and in doing so for ours as well. Assisting and helping Ukraine win this fight for democracy and freedom. And of course, Ukrainian President Zelensky understand that what's at stake in Ukraine is bigger than just his nation. It is literally a battle for freedom and democracy themselves. They are showing the world what an existential fight for democracy looks like. President Zelensky and the Ukrainians have changed the course of history for the better. And we unequivocally are with the Ukrainian people in their fight to remain a sovereign democracy. Unequivocally with the Ukrainian people to remain a democracy. It's a bipartisan view. Democracy must prevail. You just heard noted democracy expert Nancy Pelosi say, the daughter of the mobbed up mayor of Baltimore. As Pelosi puts it, the Ukrainian people are fighting the fight for their democracy and for ours as well. That's right, for ours as well. Without Ukrainian democracy, in other words, we can have no democracy here. If the Ukrainians aren't free, neither are we. We must make sure they can vote in Kiev so we can continue to vote in Kansas City. It's really that simple. And yet tonight, we regret to tell you that we have a problem. It looks like they're not going to be able to vote in Kiev anymore. And no, for once, it's not Putin's fault. Democracy in Ukraine seems to be suspended by the world's foremost democracy advocate himself, Field Marshal Zelensky. Watch this. So when you have an election, well, he says if we win, we'll let people vote. Otherwise, no, you vote when we feel like it, because ultimately we're completely in charge and make all the rules. Your job is to obey or be punished. That's our version of self-government. Self means me. I'm the government. Now, that's not just any autocrat. That's our chief ally in the war for democracy. This is the guy who just announced he's likely to cancel next year's elections. So you've got to wonder what the Biden administration thinks of this. We can't possibly continue to support Zelensky, that guy, after he said that, can we? Because in a clip less than 30 seconds long, he just blew up our entire rationale for supporting his side in the war. So we can't support him. Oh, of course we can. And we will. Here's Joe Biden from yesterday reaffirming America's unequivocal support for Ukraine. No matter what happened in Russia, we, the United States, would continue to support Ukraine's defense and its sovereignty and its territorial integrity. 
So to recap, we are currently fighting a war for democracy on behalf of a leader who just casually announced he's happy to end democracy, and our democracy-supporting leaders have no problem with that. In fact, they're strongly for it. Shocked? You shouldn't be. Of course they're for it. You should have seen this coming. Wars for democracy always cancel democracy in the process. That's why our leaders love them. And they all do it, even the virtuous leaders. Abraham Lincoln suspended habeas corpus. The British government under Winston Churchill threw an entire opposition party into prison and let them rot for the duration, in some cases with their families. So in a war for democracy, you can do anything. (laughs) Imagine what a man might do who has fewer principles. If that man, say, ran Ukraine, he might seize churches, arrest priests, ban all criticism of himself, disappear his political opponents. And that's happening. Just last month, Zelensky threw a man called Gonzalo Lira into prison indefinitely for the crime of daring to write about the Ukrainian government in unflattering ways. Now, what's interesting, what separates this from other such cases, is that Lira is an American citizen. So Joe Biden, who is quite a bit of SWAT, as they say in Ukraine, could have freed Gonzalo Lira within hours. But he didn't. He didn't want to. He didn't say a word about it. He remains in prison tonight. So that makes you wonder, what's the real motive here? When normal people see war, they see death and destruction, sadness and suffering. But that's not what demagogues see. They understand it differently. They know that war means power, mostly for them. During wartime, everything they do can be justified. War is the gravest of all emergencies. Imagine the COVID lockdowns times a thousand plus drones. Once war breaks out, politicians become gods with the power of life and death. So in a peaceful democracy, you have to debate your political opponents in public, and that's tiresome. But in a war for democracy, you can just throw them in jail or have them executed. You can see that many in Washington are looking forward to that moment. And that may be why they so fervently support Joe Biden, even many Republicans, against a potential opponent, the only opponent who opposes the war in Ukraine. If you were to end the war, their power would evaporate. Last week, a whistleblower produced WhatsApp messages from Hunter Biden, proving that at the very least, his father knew about his influence peddling businesses abroad and probably participated in them. Quote, I'm sitting here with my father, Hunter Biden wrote to his Chinese partners demanding money. As much as anything reported about the Bidens over the last several years, this was the smoking gun. There it is right there in the message. That would have been enough to cripple a normal president. It would have been more than enough to keep a normal president from running for office again. But it had virtually no effect on Joe Biden. Most media outlets ignored it completely or tried to spin Biden's relationship with his son as some kind of moral victory. Quote, the real meaning of the Hunter Biden saga, as I see it, wrote Nick Kristof of The New York Times, isn't about presidential corruption, but is about how widespread addiction is and about how a determined parent with unconditional love can sometimes reel a child back. (laughs) He actually wrote that. And if you doubt it, you should know that view was common. Here's the take from ABC. The Hunter Biden story, the scandal, the this, the that, it's also the story of a father's love. And Joe Biden has never and will never give up on his son, son Hunter, and will never treat him lesser than. And so he is a father first. Take it or leave it. So a whistleblower produces a text message showing that Joe Biden was in the room with his son when his son was selling influence to an enemy power, the Chinese government. 
and ABC's take on it. Joe Biden is a father first. Take it or leave it. What accounts for a response like that? Well, that's the way you talk when you've got nothing to fear from an upcoming presidential election. You don't even bother to think of an excuse for your candidate because you don't need to. Your country has electronic voting machines. Joe Biden got 81,282,916 votes in 2020, and you're pretty sure he can do it again. In fact, you know he can. You're not worried. But actually, they should be a little worried. The people who control Joe Biden, Susan Rice, and the rest know they can continue to run our government, writing the press releases, formulating the policies, and they can do it effectively forever, as long as Joe Biden gets dressed in the morning. And of course, that's their strong preference. These are fervent opponents of change. But the one thing these people cannot control is aging. Joe Biden is old. He's 80 now. He'll be 85 at the end of the next term. People imagine that old age is a long, predictable progression from acuity to permanent unconsciousness. But often that's not at all how it actually works. When old people start to slide, they tend to slide fast. Joe Biden has begun that descent. Here he was yesterday. And here's what she wrote to me, and I quote, you can imagine my joy. She called them right away, and the next day they sent someone out to survey her yard. As Beth wrote, this is the best thing that's happened to rural America since the Rural Electrification Act brought electricity to farms in the 30s and 40s, end of quote. End of quote. You are supposed to hear that. Joe Biden read the stage directions out loud. That's like eating the garnish that comes with your entree. You're supposed to know not to do that. Joe Biden no longer does. In a year or two, he will be gone completely, and there will be no hiding it. At that point, the Democratic Party will face a secession problem. If Joe Biden is reelected next year and then forced to leave office during his term due to disability or death, that means Kamala Harris will become president of the United States. And nobody wants that, not even her husband. In real life, nobody likes Kamala Harris. That's not an attack on her. In fact, it's possible to feel pity for someone who's so universally reviled. It is instead an observation of unchanging physical reality like gravity or photosynthesis. Nobody wants Kamala Harris to be president. No one will benefit if she becomes president. So logic suggests there's going to be a change. It's going to have to be somebody else. And whoever that person is is going to have to enter the race soon, before the election, after Biden drops out. Who could that person be? We don't know. Obviously, this is all just guessing. But we do know whoever that is will have to have two essential criteria. He'll have to be as shallow, ruthless, and transactional as Joe Biden is, and he'll need to have flattery skills that are so polished and advanced they'd be considered superior even in the Saudi royal court. And there's only one man in modern America who fits that description. Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, and perhaps not coincidentally, Joe Biden's new closest friend. I am here, Mr. President, Newsom told Biden at an event that you did together last week. I am here as a proud American, as a proud Californian, mesmerized by not just your faith and your devotion to this country and the world we're trying to build, but by your results, by your action, by your passion, by your capacity to deliver. I am mesmerized by you, Joe Biden. Imagine saying that as a compliment. You couldn't do it. Few human beings could do it. But Gavin Newsom had no problem at all. Those words ruled right off his forked tongue. He never stopped smiling. So if you're looking for the leader of the coup, there he is right there.
I love well, Tucker. Well, He's so you can tell you can how, 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 how uh, satanic they are. They are. They have four tongues, as he says. He says so. It's gotta be that. It's gotta be then. He sure lays it out. Ay, ay, ay. Dolly, what'd you think? Amen. <laughs> and Mona. Yes. Do you have any opinions on what you just heard? No. No. <laughs> okay. I was more concerned with what was going on with the country and its air quality and the other things that people were having to deal with reality instead of all these trick um, media sports. Well, you know, um, I'm glad you you said that because um, one of what well, well, she's I call it grid works because that's basically what her what her tag name was and I you know I very can't remember her real name because she's grid works to me so grid works sent me some photographs that I'm now downloading because I forgot to do it earlier um, about the Canadian fires you know we heard that there was a uh, a lot of rain that came through and they basically put them out. But no, that doesn't seem to be what really happened. Uh, I'm getting them up into the chat right now here. Okay, where's the chat? Sorry about doing this, but... So, what's happening, I'm going to send you some maps. I, I, I don't have, I'm not going to be able to kind of look at them. So, I'm just, oh, I can look at them. All right. So let me see. Okay, here's the first one. Can I? Yeah, let me just do the first one. Okay. All right. Now, this is. She was. She was explaining to me that they've got a real problem there um, along the Canadian border. Look at those fires. Look at that map. You see all those fires there. You don't hardly see anything in the United States. Don't you think that if the circumstances of the fires would also show up in the United States, because a lot of the forest areas is the same, but, you know, hardly none. It's just kind of bizarre. I, it's bizarre. Okay, so now let me get you the next. That's a lot of fire. Yeah, and this this one is... Um, I believe it shows that the toxicity in the air. I think that's this one. Uh, okay, you might have to go to the URL to really blow this one up. Yeah, this is the toxicity stuff. So all of this red area and all the way down New York, all the way down through uh, Harrisburg and Pennsylvania is smoke that's coming across the borders and, you know, I've had people in Pennsylvania tell me that whatever's coming out of the air doesn't look right at all. It doesn't look just like soot. It looks like something else. But you can see that there's a tremendous amount of, uh, let's say, dirt and crap in the, in the air. 
So then she sent me this one too. One more coming at you. Okay, I have to look at this one. <coughs> yeah, this is a close up of that area I was just talking about. And you can see the cities and stuff. So you guys heard anything more about this? Mona, you're the one that first turned me on to this problem. So it's rather interesting that there's an empty spot right there. It went to Washington State, and supposedly they were even smelling it in Florida. And I'm here in Nashville area, haven't smelled a single smell of it. So I don't think they're real fires as per se, natural fires, but what's natural anymore, you know? But they were even having supposedly... Well, I don't think it's natural to see all those so on one side more, of the yeah. border and then you got nothing on the other side of the border. I mean, just looking at the map, it's like, what's causing that? Let's ask our scientists. Walt, what do you think could possibly cause that? Well, well, somebody was talking about, uh, what do you call it, uh, directed energy weapons. In, mm -hmm. in fact, one of you guys mentioned that. That's what that was. That's how they were, were causing the fires. Yeah. So that I mean, the only answer is that they're they're not natural. So um, I heard what Walt said. Those fires were set on purpose by some special. What what he said. What Walt said. Directed well, energy weapons. At one time, they weren't going to allow the Canadian fire crews to help put them out, but they allow other fire crews from around the world to come help out? The whole sense does that make? Well, she was pretty upset about it. She said it, that even though she's got a, a, a lot of shungite and a lot of energy devices there, and she's actually... She started listening to be, me back in 2014. So she's like one of the oldest fans, in quotes. Um, and she's a, she's a friend. I mean, we've kept in touch over the years. But she she said this stuff was just awful. She said, or she said around where she's got all the energy, you know, and, and they're living on this lake. She said that. It's not too bad, but if she has to go outside or go someplace and she has to be in it, she said, it's just awful. She's sick all the time, but not as sick as when she goes in it actually in it outside of the Shungite field. And she was, let's say, upset that, with the thought that she was being at least partially protected with the Shungite field, and yet all those animals and everybody out up there and so she's she really she's really one of us and takes all this into considering not just what it's doing to humanity but what's it, what it's doing to nature in general right. so i think that what we have to do is we have to really you know write yourself a note and just you know the pono pono make this stuff right get it out of there stop it if you have to just leave it to the leave it to the universe to to get rid of this but I think by us joining her in her attempts to, you know, eliminate it, not just from her area, but from the whole area. Where is we, she? She's up in Canada. She's, she's 
well, she's outside of Toronto, but she's up sort of in that area, not too far from where Nick is. And um, yeah, not not a good thing. But and I thought I I wasn't paying any attention to it because I heard that the fires, the rain had come in, and the fires were out. Is what I heard. Oh no! Out that no, you know. And it's like that when she sent me that map, she, it was like, oh, my God, that just doesn't even really that doesn't look right at all. I have people in Michigan who says that it was so thick you could cut it with a knife and it probably is harming flora and fauna and, and the animals, let alone us. I know. I know. Walt, what about you? Do, do you, You're there in Minnesota. Uh, it's just it's just uh, the the sky look hazy, but it doesn't look like smoke. Like there's smoke. It's but just you're not smelling anything. Nope. Well, I left a video there, so if you wanted to see what this guy's opinion of it is, it's he shows the other map, and it's just i think they're trying to fulfill revelations that once the planet goes down with water the next is fire you know putting more fear of different avenues into play here but that's just my opinion well we can change it by just you know working with the universe in unison all we need to do is have a a, a a more energetic thought that will dominate the subconscious and reality itself. We focus using our thoughts. Everybody that listens to this, even if you hear it in the future, you know, you put your energy into it. Time doesn't exist. So put your energy into it to just stop this. Right. You know, this is, if it, stop it. This does not feel like Gaia at all. Nope, send it low. And, uh, uh, Kathy Mason in in Pennsylvania is right where she should be to, to help these people because it's right there, right below to, the Toronto area. She's on that corner, the north northwest uh, corner of uh, Pennsylvania, and uh, her eagle is covering that area. So all she has to do is just. Tell it what what uh, what what did she wants because well, she was. I, <laughs> I don't. I, yes, the eagles have a certain limitation within the three D concept of enterology, but I believe that there's a secondary energy grid that is totally without limit. You know, they're all connected. Not only are they connected to themselves, but they're connected to the Shanghai worldwide grid so you program is it you know shanghai it's it's the quantum entanglement if if she programs her eagle i program my eagle the eagle's energy isn't limited anymore it is manifested throughout the whole grid would that make sense yeah so we're just going to think of that because it is a worldwide grid To be healed and to be loved, not feared and ashamed. Well, it will be wonderful to see the eagles turn off that, uh, what do you call it, uh, invasion of mosquitoes, fake mosquitoes. 
Footage, you're putting that in the future, honey. It's already <laughs> happened. Yeah, they did mud in Florida already. Oh, they've done it, but they were stupid little things. <laughs> and, um, but, you know, it, there's got to be a special place in hell for our friend Gates. I know, right? I thought he wasn't the real one. and I thought he was just a clone or some co some copy. That's right. Boy, somebody in this audience is going to be very disappointed when we find out who's a clone and who isn't. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't think that there, everybody out there is clones. I don't think it. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't feel that. If, I mean, I, I understand why it could be, and I'm not disputing whether you're right or wrong. I just, I can't, I can't get behind that concept. Well, we know that we know that in the case of the Biden, uh, Biden is uh, is not a clone; it's actually a copy because so many people have uh, gotten glimpse of the of the mask of the rubber mask that okay, this is not a clone; this is just a, a copy. What they're planning to do with the copy, I have no idea because it's just as bad as the original. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that some of them aren't, but it's not like everybody is. Mm. Just a lot of them. Not everybody. A lot of them are. Look at look well, buddy, at that. Yeah. You tell me they're oh he's dead. Oh she's dead. I'm like oh my god. How many dead people are out there? Who's real? Who's not? I, I Am know. I real? Oh maybe. Russell and Russell I discuss, and I discuss this, this all the time. time. Who's real? Who's real. <laughs> Is there anybody real? But look at that. Uh. That laughing hyena. What's her name? The camel. The vice president, supposedly. Amelia. Look at her neck. They always wrinkle up her mask. Terrible around her neck. Look at her neck next time. Well, I hope she's this clone or something, because I, I don't like to think that any human being could be as stupid as she is. Well, there's all kinds of them out there. Just remember who you were talking about. Libby or so you guys want to say good night we're in the last two hours two hours two minutes okay. good night y'all don't forget love blankets that's right love blankets for everything to Mona for everything and everybody yes well, okay you, then. You too, Nancy. Yeah, I mean, thanks everybody for being here, and I'm hoping that we at least entertained you. Well, I didn't mean to have you in fear. It's just things are not the way that they were freely in the past. It's not gotten right. easier. Right. right. Okay, we're out of here. Be safe, everybody. Thanks for being here. Later. Say what? Say what radio show? With no agenda. It's always a surprise. But if we're not having fun, we're doing something wrong. <laughs>